It's Lockie here from the Coast Watch Football Podcast, the show where we talk everything across the A-League men's and, of course, my team, Central Coast Mariners, who are doing quite well at the moment. And uh, I've got a couple fans joining me to break down the weekend's action right now. Marty and Christian, guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, first of all, I do want to open up. I always like to sort of introduce the guests in, in sort of a fun, interesting way. So, uh, Marty, if we want to start off with you, uh, which, which team do you support and how long have you been following them? It's a bit of a silly question to ask, Considering the jerseys in the background, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, let's let's just go with the Mariners. Um, I've got their shirts just happen to be behind me. They've um, been there since day one. Uh, we're there game one, first ever the club championship, and uh, just have grown to love them more every single year. So, um, emigrated from England when I was eleven, being a big Tottenham fan as you are yourself. So, um, don't hold that against us. But um, yeah, look, it's the community club, and um, they've been. Uh, They've been growing on us ever since. So, um, yeah, it's the uh, best stadium in the world and uh, grown to be one of the better teams as well. Absolutely. And how about you, Christian? Uh, who's your A-League team of choice? Just, just to clarify, you both are Tottenham fans? Correct. <laughs> oh, boy. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a Chelsea fan, so it should, uh, <sighs> it should be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I'm... Uh, Obviously, yeah, an Adelaide United fan. Uh, been sporting the club since, what's that, probably seven years old, something around there. So it would have been about 09, around there. So, you know, Sergio Van Dyke, Travis Dodd, that, that sort of era, got into it. And then um, since then, yeah, I know a lot of people have been involved with the club over the years and, and stuff. So, yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. Um, and, yeah, 2016 championship was a real highlight. And... Yeah, not not a good start this year, but uh, yeah, I guess I guess we'll get into that uh, later. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, we could probably touch on them straight off the bat because yeah. we'll, we'll run through the weekend's games from round five. And, you know, it's interesting seeing how the league is starting to take shape now, the A-League men's competition, which has been so competitive so far this season and already some some maybe some surprises that we've seen so far. But, yeah, we will start with that Friday night clash, West United picking up yet another 1-0 win. It seems all West United want to do this season is win 1-0. Um, it's the fourth consecutive 1-0 win, and they did it against Adelaide United. Um, Christian, if you want to open it up, you know, from an Adelaide fan's point of you where did it go wrong for you guys because i thought you guys actually did pretty well in this game the chances just you know didn't weren't, weren't able to finish it off yeah i think i think the first half uh lucky in particular was was a bit of an improvement on what we've seen in the opening four rounds um i think they just had more variation in what they were doing it wasn't you know adelaide they often like to play a midfield where they have you know one holding number six and then two more advanced midfielders as two tens and, and they kind of just run it back all the time and it's kind of like you're watching and and thinking, okay, I mean, that's that's great, but you know, it'd be nice if we just had a little bit of variation here to try and try and get out and, and try and get you know the ball into our dangerous players and into Goodwin into Halloran out wide. Um, and and they did some different things in this game. I thought it made it easier. It was better. Um, but you know, as you, as you, I think you touched on there, like they're just they're just not really getting clear cut opportunities in the final third at the moment. Mm. Um, and yeah, they're, they're conceding some silly goals as well. I think. I think if you look at the goal Western scored uh, in this game, there's probably two occasions there in the lead up, you know, 50-50 balls that, that they should win uh, Adelaide and then Western just get out. Uh, it's a nice little uh, move by Connor Payne, a good finish. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it seems like West United really have a good game plan when it comes to, you know, heading into these games. They've got a really, you know, Leela Quart at the back has been fantastic so far this season. The no, defensive... Yeah. 
the the defensive structure they have is just it's just sublime and it's really working for them at the moment and it's going to be really fascinating to see Western United take on Melbourne victory next weekend. A, a question I want to ask you as well, Christian, just to stay on Adelaide United is is specifically in the striker department. I think Carl Vert touched on it in his post match press conference, yeah. or we've heard some talk about potentially a striker coming in. Do you feel that you know the likes of Cassini, Yangi, Toure, George Blackwood are these the guys to lead the line for Adelaide United, or do you think now it is apparent that it's necessary that Adelaide United bring in a top quality striker? Well, the the funny thing is, like, is that Adelaide fans we've been having this debate for about fifteen years. Uh, um, so, you know, I think the closest we got to this was probably probably two occasions. Was probably Sergio Van Dijk and probably Bruce Schuster. Those were probably two, two players that we've had that were closest. But even then, I mean, we've been crying out for like a best up Borussia type striker for for years. And I think I think I was always optimistic about Cassini Yangi this season. I think he's a great player. I think he's got a lot of great attributes. Um, but he does have some injury issues. Um, and even Muhammad Torre is, is great. He's got a lot of excitement about him, but he's not the finished product yet. You know, you've got George Blackwood, who's been in England, and I think he's probably evolved as a player from, from what he did over there. But again, you're not, you know, there's no guarantee. I, I've kind of mentioned this word a lot. There's no kind of guarantee sort of guy you could put up front and he's going to get you, you know, 10 to 15 goals. Uh, so yeah, I think I think they will look in January, um, and I think yeah, strike is important. I think this team needs other elements though. I think they need a number ten, someone who's creative, someone who can actually create chances for them. Stefan Moore gives us a lot out of possession, but I think he's not really he doesn't get involved enough in the play. He's he's kind of a passenger for a lot of the games at the moment, and I think that he's not really having the impact that that Carl would want right now. Uh, so. Look, we'll see. I think they're going to go in for a striker in January. I don't know who's really out there, who they could get. I think, funnily enough, I think first up, Borussia, he was he was playing in Kosovo, and I think he got released from that team in Kosovo. So, uh, you know, let's see if we could uh, try that. That would be really nice signing. But, um, yeah, look, we'll see. Yeah, so, I mean, certainly work to be done for Carl Verde and, you know, Adelaide now still without a win after the first five games, sitting second bottom on the ladder. So hopefully they can, uh, for, for Reds fans, they can get that sorted out. But West United looking really impressive so far. Let's move on now to Saturday afternoon. Of course, Central Coast Mariners picking up the victory at home against Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, we'll touch on Wanderers and, and, and Carl Robinson and all the drama that's happening there. It, it, it seems apparent now that... Carl Robinson's days at Western Sydney Wanderers are numbered. Uh, Marty, let's jump into it. Uh, what what have you been most impressed by from the Mariners from the Mariners' point of view in these opening rounds and even specifically in this game? Yeah, I think I mean I think plenty's been said about the youth that have been playing. Um, I think we I even wrote in the last uh, A League wrap up article we had seven academy players um, finish the game against Sydney. Um, so to have that sort of quality coming through. Um, and big congrats to the club and to Monty who just, just worked so hard on these young fellas. It's paying dividends and it's what the Mariners have to do. We don't have the massive budgets and, you know, it's, 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 just, it's just paying dividends. But I also think we can't overlook the fact of the spine that we have with Bazanik is playing so well, Birigetti back in goals, Kai Rolls has stepped up again. Having Marco Urena up front is that just the guys down the middle of just guiding these young fellas around the place. And I think our, our, the key to the success that we've had has been those guys holding it all together and allowing these young fellas just to play their game and just be the support. And I mean, you can imagine what it's like at training with those guys being around you to train with, um, how much you're going to pick up and the confidence that you're going to get from it. Um, so as much as I'm impressed by the young guys, and we could probably spend another hour just talking about them, but 
Um, it's been the combination of the existing side, existing spine experience for those new guys coming in. It's just mm-hmm. been, it's just been hundred percent. Yeah. And really well put. Yeah. hundred percent agreed that there, there seems to be a really good balance between experience and, and youth in the squad yes. at the moment. And look, we dare to dream as Mariners fans, uh, you know, with a little club, you know, the smallest club with the biggest heart, as they say. Um, but you know, Mariners have made a promising start to the season, three wins, two losses. And, and, and it's, and it's worth raising the point that in our opening games, we've been, been without a top goal scorer from last season, Matt Simon, Nicolai Muller, you know, just making his first minutes, uh, getting his first minutes on the weekend, Benny Cololo, um, only just coming back from injury as well. So this Mariners side is only just going to keep getting better and better, especially with someone like Mateus Maresh improving game by game. Uh, from a, from a long time Mariners fan, you know, in yourself, where realistically, like, can we see the Mariners finishing this year? And is there a chance that we could make a genuine push for the finals if we do finish top six? Yeah, look, as I said in the article, will you ask any Mariners fan will say the same thing? Hopefully, we'll make the top six and we'll take it from there because you won't get anyone to say yes. We're going to win the comp. We're going to do this. But in saying that, with the talent that we're seeing, every game, as they say in horse racing, they're better for the run and the experience that they're getting. You can only imagine that this team is just going to keep on growing. Um, a team like the Jets, for example, which I know we'll talk about, they're playing really good football, and yet we beat them at home. Um, we've beaten Sydney. We've beaten West Sydney. So it's not like we're you know, playing all the bottom teams and getting results. We're playing against some quality opposition. MacArthur, I thought we were desperately unlucky not to at least get a point. So, you know, we've, we've been competitive, and th- these next couple of games come out for big for us. Um, because, you know, we need to continue with the points. But, yeah, I, I can see us in top six, and I've said that from the start. And I think we'll just be an exciting team once we get in there. I don't think anyone will want to play us. Um, I think they can see the enthusiasm and uh, the, the, that, that youth and that experience has blended so well. Um, and, yeah, no one, no one will want to come to, uh, to the stadium to play, uh, to play the Mariners under the palm tree. Hundred percent, yeah, and that's a big one for me, being a fan. You know, since when I was a kid, to to make Central Coast Stadium a fortress and to get the crowd numbers back up again—that's that's that's all we want to see. Um, It's a lot of the temperature a little bit, mate, because it was really hot that day. Oh, it it was sweltering. It was sweltering at Central Coast Stadium. Um, But of course, we should touch on Carl Robinson and the Western Sydney Wanderers. And Christian, I'll throw it to you. I mean, what have you made of the Western Sydney Wanderers so far this season? I mean, one win, two draws, Mm -hmm. two losses. They got knocked out of the cup, but the pressure's mounting big time on Carl Robinson. You know, how soon is it? Um, like, do they have to turn things around sooner rather than later? Are you, are you Robbo out at the moment? <laughs> um, honestly, I don't think I'm, I'm that invested enough in it to actually have an opinion. But I think, um, you know, it, he's on thin ice um, for sure. Um, but I've said this from day one this season. You know, this, this club, the Western Sydney Wanderers, it's, it's not about changing the manager just changing the manager anyway, that they need some sort of overhaul in there. I'm not sure if you guys saw uh, on Twitter with uh, one of your former legends, Patrick Zwanzweig, um, and mm. there's also Dean Heffernan as well, getting getting pretty um, animated, yeah. you might say, on Twitter with, with opinions, a few strong opinions, which was interesting because um, I know a colleague of mine who, who says that when he talks to a lot of people involved with the Wanderers, um, excuse me, um, that, that, you know, it's always very bright, very bubbly, you know, it's a family atmosphere, this and that. And then you kind of saw those comments uh, over the weekend and it was interesting that, you know, maybe not, you know, it's not all so uh, fantastic, I guess. Uh, and it is, maybe there is an element of toxic, toxicity, apologies, um, about the about the environment over there. So look, I don't, I don't really get what they're trying to do um, in terms of 
A, the way they play, uh, in terms of B, the way they build their squads. And that's been like that for many years. I think it's just kind of, you know, which Aussies are playing abroad that have kind of, that want to come back home and we'll just get them and then we'll just kind of put someone together from there. So, yeah, look, I think Carl Robinson's a good man manager. I think from when you listen to him speak, I think when you listen to what players have said about him, I think they respect him, they like him. Um, but he's, I'm just listening to a few things he's saying of late as well. And I think he's kind of slowly getting that stage where maybe he's losing the players, this sort of thing. And yeah, I give this maybe a month tops. We'll see. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And yeah, you're right. It's good that you brought up that. It's just come out within the past, I guess, 24 hours or so. I saw it on Twitter as yeah, yeah, as well. Dean Heffern and Patrick Zons, like two former Mariners legends involved with the Western Sydney Wanderers. He's, um, allegations i guess coming out that apparently this toxic culture like that has started from the top at western sydney wonder so obviously it's still early days with that and i think it was vince regari that put out an article on that one so it'll be interesting to see how things play out there at the top when it comes to western sydney wonders but look an interesting time to be a wanderers fan but we'll shuffle on to uh to victoria now and of course there was the uh for me it was the game of the season i, I had so much fun watching this one the melbourne derby melbourne city two melbourne victory two uh you know obviously a a big build-up heading into this game after last season. The aggregate score across all three derbies was 14-1 to 1 to City. And victory uh, were much more competitive, of course, in this game. Marty, I'll throw it to you. Uh, what you what's your take on this game? And, and even just the performance of these two sides so far this season. Victory are looking pretty good under Tony Popovich. I think most um, most pundits have both these Melbourne sides in the top three. Um, I don't think many people have left them out. So I think it's the, it's the first game this season I've actually gone back and watched that wasn't a Mariners game. So I've actually, actually wanted to really have another look at it. I thought the, the crowd made it. There was a lots of banter around about the crowds before the game, about, you know, TFOs and all sorts of stuff going yeah. on. So it really built the whole atmosphere for it. It was a, it was a derby. That's, that's what we're talking about when we're talking derby. Uh, great for the game, great for as a spectacle for the game. Um, and it was just, a, it was just a battle. I mean, it was, it was a late goal. They had a red card in it. Um, I think uh, possession-wise, it was probably 45-55. It was pretty pretty evenly spread um, from what I remember. And I think shots on target with about the same corners were the same. It was just that tight derby kind of game. And, and as I said, I mean, people who say that, you know, football's boring because you get draws out of it, need to watch that game because as a, as a neutral, um, who's, who's just there to watch the, the game, um, you know, both those sides will be there when the whips are cracking at the end of the year. You know that. And, um, yeah, I'm... Uh, I mean, I'm interested to see how they bounce after this game. Um, derbies can take a lot out of sides. There's a big expectation and then you move on from there. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens this weekend. But, uh, no, it was a cracker of a game. And, um, yeah, well worth another watch. Well worth Mm, for sure, yeah. And, you know, looking at these two sides, like uh, Christian, like for me, it's, it's so hard to split in terms of which side is going to finish higher than the other at the moment. Uh, Tony Popovich is, has revolutionized this Melbourne victory side. They're a completely different team to the one we saw last year. But, of course, we know how good Melbourne City are and, you know, they've, they've got such a strong score at the moment. Christian, for you, I mean, what did you make of this game? And, and, and even specifically, like which team do you see finishing higher? Is it, is it going to be City, the reigning champions, up there again? Or a victory going to – is, is, will Melbourne be uh, navy blue this, this season? Well, actually, I'll start. I got a bit of a funny, I guess, anecdote because yeah. um, I missed this game, um, believe it or not. Uh, and I was fuming afterwards when I <laughs> came back. I was actually working uh, on on Saturday night. We had a function and stuff, and and they obviously got me there. So um, yeah, I got back in the car and I was scrolling through my phone. And I'm like, oh my god, I've just missed, you know, the best game of the year, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, particularly, you know, let's let's be honest. I think these opening three four rounds there have been a lot of kind of 
dull affairs, um, some stale games. And I think uh, that was a bit frustrating because I had to sit through some of those. And then obviously I saw that. But uh, yeah, look, it was it was fantastic. Um, just just watching some of the highlights back and stuff. The, the atmosphere um, in, I guess, the, the COVID environment that we still got going on at the moment, I think to, to still see an atmosphere and, and such a big crowd like that was fantastic. I mean, even usually when it's a Melbourne City home derby, I think sometimes you don't really see, particularly in the top tier there at Amy Park, like still you're seeing fans kind of set it up there. And I think that was really good to see. Um, yeah, some some crazy goals as well. I think from victory, I, I like the, the equaliser from D'Agostino. I think mm. Calava, he's literally just bombed it like straight down the pitch. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I think Glover should probably save it. Just goes over the line. So, yeah, look, uh, a bit of a frantic game. Jamie McLaren getting sent off when you see that. So, yes, yeah, uh, great entertainment. Uh, free-to-wear game as well on, on a Saturday night. So, that's that's a big plus for people to actually see that and get that to a wider audience. So, yeah, all all big you know, thumbs up for that game. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and you're right. The fact that it was shown to a free-to-wear audience, and I think they made the point in commentary afterwards, you know, even if there was just a casual fan just tuning in, it was a great adver- advertisement for the league, hey? Um, awesome stuff. And, of course, we should touch on the fact that Brisbane Raw, Perth Glory's game postponed, unfortunately, some positive COVID cases in the Perth Glory camp. And, yeah, I really feel for Perth Glory, who have been, I think they're in South Australia and Queensland. They've got some games to play in New South Wales. They're jumping all over the place. Um, so, hopefully, we can get back to some normalcy. Uh, when it comes to uh, Perth Glory in particular, because uh, and same thing with Wellington Phoenix, we'd love to see them back in New Zealand. Let's touch on Sunday's games. There were some pretty epic games on Sunday. Um, first of all, MacArthur SC Newcastle Jets. MacArthur SC picking up the two-one win, coming from behind with ten men. Philip Curto, goalkeeper sent off after after eighteen minutes, and uh, it was a Danny De Silva. It, Danny De Silva basically like rescued the game for MacArthur SC with a fantastic goal and assist. Um, Marty, what did you make of this game? And especially MacArthur FC, the way that they're playing, to get a big result against, you know, an informed Newcastle Jets side. Absolutely. And all these ex-Mariners scoring goals all over the <laughs> weekend, kind of pain. And yeah, it's just crazy. But um, yeah, I I actually tipped the Jets in this one. And that's a that's a rarity for me. I don't me too. I just think they've been playing some some good football. But and and when we went to MacArthur, I just thought, oh geez, you know, that should have been something. But there, there's just something about their structure. Um, I think they line up in, you know, like a three, four, two, one kind of thing. It's a very sort of you know, midfield, hold the ball kind of thing. I think the the possession for Newcastle was massive. I think they had like 20% of possession. It was something stupid like that. But, you know, possession doesn't get you three points and goals do. And for MacArthur to do it the way that they did, I'd never have picked it. I wouldn't have picked there was enough heart in that side to come back with the 10 men and everything. It was it was a, it was a crazy game. And um, yeah, again, as I said before, I tipped the Jets to actually do something this year when, when we saw them beat, uh, was it Wellington? earlier on before mm. really really well I thought this would be a game that, that would take it to that next level but you know MacArthur's putting the ball in the back of the net and they're defending really really well um interesting to see what happens without Curto though um and uh we'll see what happens there but um yeah it was it was just it was a weird game I think it was a it was a good game but it was kind of like a weird game to watch so um but again I, I still think you know MacArthur's up there so can't argue with what they're doing so far yeah, you're right. It, it's a funny one. And, you know, even looking back, even as you, t- as you mentioned before, when the Mariners played MacArthur back in round three, it felt like Mariners deserved something out of that game. Yeah, MacArthur have just been finding ways to defend really well and just get the win. 
And they've done it again here against against a good Newcastle Jets side. And of course, the other game on Sunday, Sydney FC, the team who have famously been struggling so far this season, finally get their first win of the season against Wellington Phoenix. Wellington now three consecutive defeats in the league. They're coming up against uh, uh, the Mariners next weekend. Um, Christian, Sydney FC, I mean, they've finally turned it around. You know, what was going wrong for them for Sydney FC? It, it, it was an important win for them in this game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, look, I think Luke Bratton's injury um, you know, we can't overlook that. I think that's been a big, big loss for Sydney FC. And I think it's more because not so much, I mean, of course, losing Luke Brandon is a big deal uh, with his quality, but I think it's more Anthony Caceres having to play a lot deeper than what he would usually like to operate. And I think Corriga rightly made the decision to move him further up the pitch um, in this game. And I think they were, they were far bigger threat. Um, I think Elvis Kansoba, uh, he's always been a, a type of player who's been a lot of huff and puff with no end product. But I think now he's actually starting to find end product, which is which is really good for Sydney FC. And I think scary for the rest of the league because I think he can be a be a really dangerous player in this competition. Uh, Lafonso on the score sheet. So, yeah, look, it's a, it's a good day for Sydney FC. Uh, you had the youngster, uh, Patrick Yazbek, um, starting in midfield as well. So, look, they'll be happy with it. Wellington, I'm, I'm not too sure what's going on there, particularly defensively. You know, that first goal by Kansoba, ball kind of just goes up in the air and, and everyone's kind of standing around um, and watching it, which was which was really surprising um, because I think, you know, Ilfuk Tale has really built this team on on a really solid defensive platform uh, throughout the time that he's been there. So, yeah, look, I think that Newcastle result was more just, just how good Newcastle were on the night as well. Um, but, yeah, it is, it is a situation um, to keep an eye on, I think, uh, Wellington at the moment because, you know, with the COVID um, situation and then having to play in Wollongong and stuff, that's always going to be lingering. Um, so you compound that with some poor performances and, you know, it starts to slowly unravel. But, yeah, we'll just keep an eye on it, I guess. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's 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 concerning for Wellington Phoenix. We made a decent start to the season. They picked up a draw yeah. against MacArthur, beat the Mariners, and people thought, oh, okay, they're not going to pick up the wooden spoon because I don't know about you guys, but I called Wellington Phoenix to pick up the spoon. I, I just thought they, their squad was undermanned. They lost so many big players, but... Um, yeah, a couple losses here. They're still in the FFA Cup, Wellington Phoenix. Um, they got a big win last week in the Cup, but yeah, they're going to have to turn it around and they've got a tough game next week against the Mariners, as I mentioned. But let's go through some quick tips. We'll just do some quick fire tips so we don't have to dive into it too much. Just some initial impressions on some of the games coming up next round. So uh, we'll just go through one at a time. I'll, I'll, I'll go Christian first and then we'll go to Marty. And uh, so we'll start off on, uh, we've got three games on Boxing Day. Newcastle, Western Sydney, Wanderers. It's it's up there at Newcastle. Christian, who's winning this one? Uh, we'll go two one Newcastle. And Marty? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going the Jets one 0 I'm going the Jets one. I'm backing it too. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Jets two 0 And I reckon if if that is the result, that could yeah. be the last game in charge for Carl Robinson. Rob out. Yeah. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. Well, I think they play City the week after, so Melbourne City. So I think, you know, yeah, could be in trouble. Yeah, the writing is on the wall for the Wanderers coach. Um, a huge game, a huge game on Boxing Day night, 7.45pm kickoff, Melbourne victory taking on Western United. Christian, does Tony Popovich, is, is, does he reign victorious over John Aloisi? Yeah, yeah, I do think so. I think 2-0 uh, victory for this one. And Marty? Um, as I said before, after a derby, big game, um, I'm tipping a draw. I'm, I'm going to go a one-all draw in that game. Mm, I'm backing that too. Yeah, I think West United just really solid defensively, but 
I mean, the only side to have scored against West United is has been Melbourne Victory so far this season. And then another fascinating game, MacArthur FC, who, as we've mentioned earlier, just finding ways to win games at the moment, undefeated so far this season, taking on Sydney FC, who will be coming off a high after uh, after getting that win last week. This is the third time these sides have faced off this season. MacArthur won back in round two. They've faced off in the FFA Cup. Sydney FC won that game. Uh, Christian, who's winning this one, Bulls or Sydney? I'll go one or draw for this one. And Marty? Oh, I think Sydney by a goal. I think Sydney might um, might just step up. I think they they might just have the the, the caliber up front that'll help break uh, MacArthur down. So one nil, one nil. Sure. Yeah, I expect this one. To, I expect this one to be close as well. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two all. I'm hoping for an entertaining game. Um, and then of course Central Coast Mariners is their third consecutive home game, taking on Wellington Phoenix on Monday, twenty seventh. Should be a good one. Christian, who's winning this one? The Mariners Phoenix. Um... Yeah, Mariners. Uh, we'll go two-one, Mariners. Yeah, Marty, I'll take the one-nil, but I think we might get a few more. I think we might open. I think we'll go three-nil for this one for the Mariners. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say two-one as well. Uh, Wellington Phoenix always always seem to be a tough side. They did defeat us uh, at home last season, so we'll we'll see. But on the back of this current form, you know, Mariners couple wins, Phoenix with a few losses now. Um, yeah, I'm going to back the Mariners for a, for a two-one win as well. And then the last game, Brisbane Raw taking on the reigning champions. Brisbane struggling so far this season. Didn't play last weekend. They need they need to win, but they're coming up against a top side in Melbourne City. Christian, uh, Brisbane going to finally get the win in this game. No, I'm going to go 2-0 City for this one. And Marty? They're still wary, but I think, um, I just don't think Brisbane have been playing well enough. There's just not enough there. So I'm, I'm taking City 1-0 on that one. Yeah, likewise for me too. I'm going to say 2-0 to City. It's, uh, yeah, there's massive games, massive games over, over round six in the A-League men's competition. Uh, we can't wait for it. It's mouth-watering stuff. And uh, guys, thanks so much for featuring on the podcast this week to help me break down the games and look ahead to the upcoming round. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so guys, thanks for checking out this episode of the Coast Sports Football Podcast. If you want to keep up to date to everything, make sure you stay subscribed to the socials and, by, and you can do that by heading down into the description wherever you're listening to this podcast. Have a fantastic week and a fantastic Christmas. I'll see you guys in the next one.